two L2Cs. Good morning and welcome to FrenzyCast. Uh, it's all messed up because I have places to go and Slunks has places to go, but Pete's working and Al's asleep because I, you know, I kind of sneakily changed the schedule on everybody because I have to go somewhere and this is probably going to be no longer than an hour and 15 minutes because I have to go somewhere and really busy and yeah, uh, but Slunk is here. Yeah. And I'm your host Austin slash Mr. Chupon slash uh, host slash, you know, person and uh Got a whole bunch of little topics in the news to talk about today. Uh, but first, as usual, since Slunks is not a trilobite connoisseur, I'll ask him on the cast, what have you been playing? Five oh, minutes. God, on the cast? I'm not prepared for this. Um, oh! <laughs> I gotta present my notes and set up PowerPoint. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the only game I've been playing, and I hate saying this, is an MMO. And it's that Warhammer Online game. I've just been oh, playing that. but not WoW. So much, yeah, not WoW. Uh, ne- it never will be WoW. But yeah, Warhammer. It's it's been crazy. Been loving it. Uh, just was playing last night actually uh, with a good friend Jim, uh, who, well, he's kind of awkward when I play with him because he likes to say that he hates the game all the time, but actually he's enjoying it. So I, <laughs> I really can't tell because he always keeps saying he hates it. I don't know. I'm annoying, actually. Uh, but yeah, we had a bunch of fun. We stayed up late. Uh, and then before that, actually, we had... I was in a... Uh, we were trying to take over the other side's keep, uh, which is like a small little battle objective. Actually, it's not too small. But they were firing uh, cannons at us. We were firing cannons, and there was like 30 v 30 going on, and my computer was going, ah, what the fuck? And then, is, it, is it that much of a resource hog? Uh, not too much, but for what it demands sometimes, as in like... Like, when you get up to the point where it's, like, 20v20, or, like, sometimes I've seen, like, 50v50, or when people are trying to take over the, the capital city, it's, like, hundreds amongst hundreds. Wow. So, sometimes it can be crazy. Uh, but, no, the, the game actually runs pretty well on, on new systems. So. That's good. Yep. So, that that's it? No, uh... uh... I keep trying to play Chrono Trigger. I'm still really early on, and uh, apparently I forgot to grab a key... And I'm at, the oh. I'm at like the post-apocalyptic world, like really early on, and I forgot to grab a key, so I gotta run through back all this dungeon shit. Oh. So I can't wait for that. And yeah, I'll get around to that game eventually. Final exams are next week, so uh, oh, I'm sorry. Final exams are next next week, but I'll be studying as if I had them next week. Next week, right? Yeah. So. Well, that's a good habit, sir. Yeah. I, I salute you. Just, yep. Yay. Saluting. Get your education and grammars and spellings all plentiful. correct. All plentiful. <clears throat> plentiful of work. Yep. And I forgot to record a trilobite. Well, then, forget. I just couldn't because the podcast, uh, episode 130, uh, was all messed up for some reason. So it's up now. Yay. But uh, trilobite will be up later, I guess, tomorrow. I don't know. Sometime. Sure. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. We got some uh, males in a bag, which is kind of kind of scary because you know I like females myself. But um, we have two, and the first one is from True Thirty Two Thousand. Uh, what do you prefer, recharging health or med packs? Oh, interesting. 
What do you prefer? Uh, I kind of like recharging health because it doesn't affect gameplay, and you don't get those moments where you're like, oh, I'm stuck because I don't have med, you know, med packs. But I think games like Fear use med packs, uh, where you can carry a bunch of them. At least right. The, the original feel. You yeah. Carry a bunch of them. It was like up to ten, and you just pop them like with fucking candy, and right. uh, it worked really well. It was actually really fun. Um. But most games just don't do it well. I think Call of Duty is probably one of those games. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point that you brought up with the whole uh, fear thing. Is that I never really, I never really noticed that that whole problem of like getting stuck. Like (laughs) for me, I don't, I don't know. Like there's something about uh, there's something about recharging health that kind of. It doesn't really sit right with me all the time, even though like I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, like, it, it I, varies I enjoy, from game to game. Yeah, but I enjoy Call of Duty Four, and I enjoyed Two a lot. I enjoyed all of them. Three was all right. Yeah, I love I love Two. Uh, I I actually never played Three. I've only played the Infinity Wars actually. Yeah, I only pl- I, I played Three on Wii. That's that's why I I, I actually oh, yeah, liked yeah. it because you reviewed it. Right? Yeah. Um, and. And like, there's there's Halo and everything that has the recharging. I actually like the way that Halo One handled the whole thing. Like, you had a recharging health bar, but you also had like um a life meter underneath that. And right, so, right, right. so if you kept to mix, right? Like, I just I just kind of get weirded out by the idea that you can take a whole bunch of hits and all you have to do is just sit there and then you're mm-hmm. okay again, which is nothing. Which is not that much better than I'm going to eat medicine and all of a sudden I'm better, <laughs> but. Like I eat these Flintstones vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess like, and I guess to counteract that, they usually make the recharging health like go down really fast. Like in Gears of War, if you get hit too many times within a short period of time, you're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Um, and I, I, think... I guess I kind of like the the slightly longer over time. Like, uh, you got to avoid this guy, otherwise you'll be stuck without. Well, not you'll be stuck without health, but you'll have to run around and look for a health pack. I think um, uh, I think Killzone Two does a really good job. Supposedly, um, like you get you get beat up a bunch, and you, the wait time is, is pretty lengthy. So yeah, it kind of feels like it doesn't ever feel like supposedly uh, it doesn't ever feel like oh I just hide behind this cover for like three point five <coughs> seconds and I'm good. It's right, more like right. you better fucking get the hell out of there because you're gonna die and you gotta wait you know ten seconds and the whole waiting thing is never coming to your mind. It's always like. Oh, I don't want to die. <laughs> what about the damage? T- like, what have you heard about the damage time? Like, are both? Does it go slowly both ways, or does it go quickly one way and it recovers slowly? Uh, not sure. Not to research not that, sure. but I, I think uh, one of the games that kind of has me not sold on, but just kind of like I don't really think they need to change it. Uh, standpoint for the health packs is you know Half Life Two. Like, I never, you know, was, I was never like, oh, God, you know, Mm -hmm. this is really stupid. I mean, sure, there were a couple of times, but um, I think that, like, there was a specific way that they designed some really tough areas where you just kind of had to be really careful, and you would never get into that position of being stuck if you weren't completely a moron and, like, (laughs) was careless, so, and they're really liberal with their save points anyway, so. But I don't. I don't know. Like I mean, they're, they're they're both fine. I just prefer the older style of med packs. I guess it. I don't know. I guess it just reminds me of older times when like you're playing Ninja Turtles and you pick up the pizza and your health is recovered. <laughs> or maybe yeah. like a. It'd be cool if there's like maybe a mix where you could carry one med pack that instantly like 
uh, fixed you up all the way, and then and then on top of that, you had just the regular, just recharging health. That way, you can head right. to pop at like right. the very brink of like dying. You'd be like, oh god, and then just hit that. That'd be right. Cool. Or if they really, yeah, if they really wanted to balance it, and they don't want to be like, oh, we don't want to give you all your health right away. Just be like, all right, well, make it like, oh, what 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 game do I play? Uh, Titan Quest. Mm-hmm. When you um, when you use a potion, yeah. like if I remember Diablo correctly, and yeah, it was like, I don't glug 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 kind of it kind of it, it gradually increases. Like, well, Diablo, I don't know. I remember the first Diablo being like instant recharge. I don't. I can't remember about Diablo two. No, it was it was like Titan Quest. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Titan like, Titan Quest does a good job with that. Like you glug glug glug, and it, it takes a while to get back up. So you you can't just sit there and spam it. Yeah. Uh, and I and that's what I like about that. Yeah. Although um, with Diablo, I'm not sure for Titan Quest because I didn't play too much of it. Uh, the more you, if you do like spam a bunch, it does go up quicker. But you, oh yeah, it will because every time every time you. Uh, hit the button, mm-hmm. your health goes up by a set amount and then starts going up more. Yeah. So it's like it's like a little tiny boost, so if you keep spamming it, you get boost, 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 boost. Yep. But you still have to kind of wait that um those last few pixels out. Yeah, you never wanna like spam them all because <laughs> you'd be coming back to town a lot. That annoying. So. Well I'm trying to think because I haven't played Titan Quest in a, in quite a while. Um and I'm trying to think because I know that for magic spells when you hit the button, um, the healing magic spell, for example, when you hit the button, there's a grace period where you can't use the same spell again. And I'm trying to remember whether or not that applies for items as well. I can't remember, though. So, hmm, not sure. Um, right. But interesting question. Thank you. We will get Al's opinion if he wakes up. Yep. Uh, next one is, hey, look, it's Supersonic, who still hasn't uh, picked a wiener for his uh, contest, but that's all right. You'll hear this, and you're back, so you will pick a winner next time. Uh, <laughs> three questions. First one, upon revisiting the awesome possum Halo 3, I've realized an unfathomable number of discrete intricacies in its design and its graphics. Intricacies that aren't exactly distinct, easy, easily specified elements in and of themselves, but flourishes here and there. This got me wondering, should we as critics take it upon should we as the critics take it upon ourselves to point out which elements of the game ex- that which uh, what? That which the elements of the game experience are comprised of or detail only said elements. I have no idea what he's saying here. Uh, I guess he clarifies it in his further sentences. Should the potential customer be reading of what we ascertained of the game and its quality, or should they be trying to stomach a complex and lengthy justification for that which was ascertained? Dude, you're writing too too uh, too college for me. I uh, my my brain is not really processing your question. Uh, let me we, let me see. We, as the critics, take it upon ourselves to point out that which the elements of the game experience. Are compromised of comprised of. I, I have. I'm trying to think. What is he saying? Okay. Uh, 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 like taking him to jail. What? <laughs> taking him to jail? What? All right. Know. Let me. Let me think. Let me. Let me read the second part. Should the potential customer be reading what we ascertain of the game and its quality, or should they be trying to stomach a? Uh, uh, I really don't know what you're trying to say here, Supersonic. I'm sorry. I think you probably did that on purpose, though. So. I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been very clear before, so I, I really think this is... A, if it's not a joke, then clarify, because I don't know what... This could be a funny joke to say, should we, as the critics, not be amazingly pre- pretentious? Like, way too pretentious. May, well, he could be saying that. I mean... I don't know. Maybe it's... Well, his first sentence is basically saying, like... Uh, 
like there are a lot of little things that you know he he's noticed throughout you know revisiting Halo Three. Like a lot of little things that aren't really that aren't really like easily identifiable as like okay, well the graphics are like this, the sound is like I think that, he's asking, the design like, is like what, this. I mean, like you take an element of a game and if you break it down, you can probably find a bunch of little elements. So I think he's asking um, if we in our in our reviews if we should point the small ones out. Um, you always point out what's noticeable and what, right. what's worthy. What's worthy of a sentence. That's what. Yeah, that's what I would say. Is that like whatever as you're as you're experiencing the game, whatever uh, comes to mind. It's it's very funny because uh, Greg Kasabin, when he he uh, visited the Giant Bombcast uh, a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. and he said, when I played games, I would not take notes. I would I would write about what was memorable, right. good or bad. I've done and, both. Yeah. yeah, and like I I take notes simply because my memory is bad. Right. <laughs> But there's something to be said about that method where it's like, all right, well, that's, you know, that's kind of the appropriate way to go because, the, you know, I guess one of the general rules is don't write about something that's not important. Right. I think – and I think we actually covered that last week when we were talking about, like, when you were talking about reviews and, and, and your presentation for the class. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, like, how do we review things. And it's like, no, I'm not going to sit there and gush about how a new uh, item menu system in, in, um, in Final Fantasy 15 is so awesome – when it's just like, all right, well, it makes it a little bit more convenient. I'm just yeah. going to write one more sentence about this instead of saying, well, you could do this and you can sort this way and the garbage can is much farther now and you can do all this. And it's just like, that's that's unless that was really that noticeable to you and really made your experience that much better, yeah, then you say something like that about it. But if it's just kind of a small thing, you don't really say it. So it, I don't think we answered your question, Supersonic, but... Uh, if you'd be able to rephrase it for us, for you know, a kindergartner, that'd be much much appreciated. Please, thank yeah, you. Actually, I think yeah, I think we actually did for the most part, but uh, like answer his question. But yeah, it's it's it varies. It's there's I don't think there's an answer to the question. Right. Uh, question two: Of film and video games, which one would you say is more intellectually passive? Oh, that's a that's a uh, intellect. See, you, we run into like a hairy situation with intellectually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your What's your take that, on on this? Because that breaks down into many different things. Yeah. Um, stimulation of the mind. Yes. Stimulation. Well, I think that's I, how I take the, the phrase of interaction. passive. So, so going by by your take on that, then what what would your answer to his question be? <laughs> uh, can I? That's a tie. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, like I'll go passive. Ahead. I want to say film, but I mean, because video games are kind of, in, in a way, opposite of, of passive, <clears throat> right? But, so I think well, maybe on like a technical count, the film would win. But at the same time, I think video games reach a higher height than film can. But at the same time, it's not passive. Right. Uh, the way I take intellectually is like when I'm thinking about that. I don't. I I separate intellectually and mentally from right. intellectually being like. Um, I I guess something akin to like what you know what what you might find as a student of something. Uh, or or what. I I guess what I'm trying to say like is. Like a number. Like what? Like a number. No 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 not a number uh, just um. Okay. All right, so so games are obviously mentally stimulating, right? Because they require you to 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 look and react and mm-hmm. and use your reflexes accordingly. 
uh, and you're doing stuff. All right, so that that that's active. You know that that that's all well and good. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are using your brain to think about, let's say, like, uh, and this could just be me having too narrow of a definition of intellectual. Unless you're playing Metal Gear Solid. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> but yeah, so exactly what you just said. So mm-hmm. so you you get what I'm saying is like like it doesn't really make you think about necessarily think about issues or 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 you know like think things that are going on in society or, or, you know, things like that. I mean, and that, and that's not, I'm not going to make a blanket statement out of that because some games do, some games really do like, uh, like had Lux Payne been translated. All right. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been one because it talks about like suicides and like abuse and, 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 and all, and, and internet bullying, which I know sounds like a funny phrase, but that, that <laughs> shit is real. Um, and Ooh, Al is online. And so it, it's, from that standpoint, like most video games aren't, but some are. Like Bioshock, for example, and like right. it's it 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 caused <clears throat> excuse me it caused a whole um b- big whole like a uh, a uh, 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 rigmarole of like forum posts talking about like oh uh like this is not the way objectivism is you know is right, this right, is not. Right. Like, there was a whole yeah, there was a I whole discussion to, about that. I hate to bring this up, this freaking game up again, and it will never fucking leave my life or something. But Braid, like that's exactly how that game is. That is one hundred percent of the game is that there's no true ending, there's no true anything. It's all for interpretation. So there's a bunch of discussion on it. And, right. Like, I really still don't know what the ending is, and that's why I love it so much because I've been thinking about this game like nonstop for right. since I've beaten it. You know, like. Yeah. And then and then you know what? Like there's also there are also games, you know, such as uh Braid or other I guess I I Braid you consider Braid like a platform puzzler, right? Uh yeah, actually the other way around. But yeah. <laughs> puzzler platformer. And then, then you have like uh uh I don't wanna say mist because that those those shits were just way <laughs> like uh, uh like some of them were too cryptic, but yeah. some some of the logic puzzles in some adventure games, for example, like spatial recognition and all that stuff, that is you know intellectually, I, I guess intellectually stimulating. I don't know. It, it, again, it all comes back down to what is intellectual, and I like the way I guess the way I'm trying to think about it is scholarly in some sorts of ways. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's that that's the wrong way of looking at things. Um, gotcha. But on that point, uh, I don't think films are necessarily passive. Because of all the films that you know touch upon current events and to, things to make you think, you're not solving puzzles. Granted, you're not you know trying to do logic things, or, and you're not necessarily um, stimulated in the respect that you are interacting with the object. But um, so maybe once again, it varies. Yeah, it varies. But it, that was a good question. Like I, I I understood the question first of all. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like Fast of the Furious is not intellectually stimulating to me. I'm sorry, it's not. But, uh, and this is going to sound stupid to some people, but The Dark Knight actually kind of was because it, you know, it it it, it in some way addresses it kind of like Twenty Four. It addresses like, um, you know, how do you deal with t- uh, terrorism and like certain certain things affecting your city? How do you deal with these situations? Like, what what are your morals and how do you how do you, how do you judge think right about now? life? What do you think about life? Yeah. Um, Speaking of Fast and Furious, oh jeez, we should go uh, faster and furious. Yeah, uh, his last uh, his last question is: Can it handle any more kicking? Really? Because I will. Damn it, I'll kick that. 
You go kick that, son. You kick that. But um, Al is here. He's opening his links uh, for the news, and we're going to bring him in in just a second. So we will be right back. Enjoy this hold music. And we welcome Alan to the fold. Uh, he has just risen from a nice sleep. Uh, well, good for you. You're you're a man. Um, before I move on, really quickly, Al, we we try to understand Supersonic's first question. Mm-hmm. Can you take a stab at reading that and trying to understand what he's asking? I mean, we already tried to answer. <laughs> I'm just wondering what you now think of this. this okay. Oh God, the phone every fucking podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so may, read. May, yeah, I was gonna say, may I read it out loud? Yes, that's why. I, that's one of the things I wanted you to do. Okay. Upon my revisiting the awesome possum Halo 3, I've realized an unfathomable number of discrete intricacies in its design and its graphics, intricacies that aren't exactly distinct, easily specified elements in and of themselves, but for what? But for us is here... <laughs> right, halfway there. This got me a-wondering. Should we, as the critics, take it upon ourselves to point out that which the elements of the game experience are comprised of, or detail only said elements? <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> Should we, as the critics, take it upon ourselves to point out that which the elements of the game experience are comprised of? Or detail- I don't know! Oh, wait, maybe. <coughs> Should the potential customer be reading of what we ascertained of the game and its quality, detailing the elements, or should they be trying to stomach a complex and lengthy justification for that which was ascertained, pointing out that which the elements are comprised of, the intricacies? I, I think I think what he's saying is, should we elaborate on the specific things that make a game what it is in terms of its experience to you. Meaning, as, as I'm making this up as I go along. <laughs> That's the leprechaun. Um, you're playing leprechaun. Halo 3, right? Uh-huh. And say you... Um, in Halo 3, something happens in the gameplay where... You use strategy to um, defeat enemies in a particular way uh-huh. in a particular part, but if but it takes a little bit of time to learn it, and once you've learned it, you can appreciate the strategy that's necessary as opposed to just blind button mashing. Right. So you're saying or the sometime, personal experience that you had, right? And, and that nobody and the, else might might not. Have. <laughs> Right, and if somebody could probably learn from your experience and get further enjoyment of the game, that I think is pointing out that which the elements <clears throat> of the game experience are comprised of, but detailing only said elements would be uh, there are Just different talking. strategies that you yeah. can use in this game and to that's defeat it. the enemies, and that's cool. Right. I said that I think he was talking about. Uh, like the elements within elements, like the smaller, smallest of the small elements. Like, should we point that them out in our reviews? 
So I'm glad we got two different uh, two different interpretations. So. Yeah, me too, because I have no idea what he's saying. That yeah, and um, the only reason why I said that was because what I just described to you, I uh-huh. witnessed in Xeno Gears yesterday. Oh, oh I see. Which was yeah. really cool, and I could tell you, yeah, there are, you know, the 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 battles in Xeno Gears are not just straight vanilla. Where right. you just have to attack things until they die. Sometimes you have to actually think, and enemies will do things based on what is done. And if you just attack them, you will die. Right. You know what? Then I'd like to, in thirty seconds, give a new answer given what you just said, Al. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that <clears throat> I mean critics are, are, and I said before, the critics are free, free to do like free to write about what's important and what's not, and and, and not write about what not what's not important. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you need to be careful about telling someone how they should play the game, because even if you say this is how I did it, people are going to think people might think, okay, well this is how I should do it. They try to do it, they don't really like it, or they might not just they might not be the type of person to play the game like you played it, and so they read that in the review, they say. I don't like that very much. Like, I don't yeah. like the way that sounds. So there, got to, there has to be caution there. True. That, that's the other side of things. That, that, that kind of makes me think of uh, the, uh, as a recent example, during Dragon Ball Evolution, I can beat all the enemies on hard mode with just pressing square. Right. Um, you dot know, com. dot com. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> would probably take that as gospel and go, oh, this game sucks. All you got to do is press the square button to beat the right. game. And technically, you don't have to. It's just right. that that's one way you can do it. And I hate it when people mark down, like, in a review, when people say, oh, you know, all you really have to do in the game is sit in the corner and just jam on the button and you can win. Well, pretty much you can do that in any game. I understand that there should be measures taken to prevent being able to do that. But get out of your corner sometimes and fucking play the game. Right. Though though the thing is that sometimes it's like it all when you, com- when you kind of uh, take that all together, it, it says something about... How the AI is programmed. Like for 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 example, mm-hmm. for Dragon Ball, no, you don't need to sit there and press the square button. You can try to do other things, but like all the things that you do, it's like the the AI is just brain dead. The result of the brain of the brain dead AI is that you can press square button. That's not the way you should be playing it. But even if you play it as it should be played, it's way too easy. And that's right. the that's the problem that comes out of that. But yeah, I, I that, do agree with you that it's like people like some pe- sometimes people say God of War is a button masher. I'm like, well, no. If you actually sit and learn how to play it, it will benefit you in other ways. True. Like you can sit there and just just press square if you wanted to, but then you won't get the orbs to upgrade your things, and then you won't get the spells. And like either the game will get hard enough to require you to do all those other things because you've neglected to upgrade. Or the game is, you know, it's it's meant to it's meant to give you that leeway to explore what you want to do. Right, and that's something I, you, being that you went back to the Dragon Ball thing, I do want to clarify something that make that that makes the AI <clears throat> seem um, uh, obviously brain dead is a negative. But something that a skilled player would find to make the game easier, I think, ah. is different because if I am a skilled player and I find that by playing the game just by experience of the game I can really beat the game easily and without any kind of uh, skill by doing something simple then that's me figuring something out. I should not mark the game as a negative and then tell the world yeah well if you happen to you know set up your weapons in a certain way. Oh you mean like find exploits? Find exploits or not even that? Almost like finding exploits but Maybe even just setting up the game to uh, your favor, 
and right. maybe not with that much work, but it would take some thinking. Yeah. But saying, oh, you know, you're playing a certain game, and like, well, if you do this, that, that, and that to every character, and it's a con- you know, not just press square, but if you were to do a certain, certain thing, like get in this location, equip this particular weapon, and then keep firing that weapon, the game can be beaten very easily. Well, sure it can, but not everybody has to do that. But if it's something like, you know, well, you know, this game isn't really all that good because all I really got to do is crouch and hit uh, short and I could beat the game, you know, like... Uh, Balrog. Like Street Fighter, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh yeah, that guy's easy. All you got to do is just uh, crouch and hit one button. That's kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. But when it's like, if I have to jump in the air and do a, a super fireball um, from three steps away all I gotta do is just you know like get three steps away from the beginning of the match and just jump up and do like air fireballs that are slightly complex to do for just a average ordinary player that shouldn't be a negative yeah not not everybody is as skilled to figure that out and you shouldn't give them the answer that's something for like a fact mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like giving the answer to some of the puzzles in a in a game and saying oh it, this is so easy I figured it out like it's like the um there's a there's a piano puzzle in mist and like because like I did it completely by pitch mm-hmm um, and not everybody has perfect pitch, so it's just like, all right, well, you know, this puzzle was way too easy, and it's like, well, no, because not everybody can tell pitch perfectly, so that's not, like, you just happen to be lucky enough to have an ear to figure that out, so you shouldn't penalize the game for that, like, I'll just penalize Miss for everything else it does. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but, um... And I, I had one more quick example, like, in a sports game, if you find that something, <clears throat> like, say, as an example of football manager that I've been playing... Um, you can create custom formations of your team members and give them all detailed instructions and whatnot. Say if you know the game very well and you set up a formation that beats everybody no matter what, uh, you shouldn't mark a game down because you discovered a formation that beats the game. Okay. Especially if the average player can't create that. If they had to go on to a fact to find out that formation. Right. And not choosing from the the available ones would do it. Like... Yeah, Final Fantasy Legend 2. Oh, you can, you know, you can encounter this monster if you, like, turn off the Game Boy. If you have an old model Game Boy, if you turn it off and then turn it back on again really quickly, like, the capacitors still have that stuff in memory, and you mm-hmm. can do this. And that makes the game way too easy. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, I've never actually done that exploit, but it's an exploit, so. <laughs> yeah, um, imagine somebody marked the review <laughs> down one point because of that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, asshole. Yeah. I jump and punch. I jump and I punch. Can you hey. handle any more kicking, Al? Because he will, damn it. He'll kick that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> can we not answer number two first? <laughs> uh, real quick, because we were running a little low. I also want you to oh, answer yeah. the first question real quick. Oh, the first question that I was like, oh, that's a good question. Um, intellectually passive. I think that in general, just because I've been watching a lot of movies lately, because it's my job, yeah. I think that um, film is a little bit more intellectually passive in general, because there aren't that many intellectually um moving films in the general like entertainment environment it's just a lot of blowing up and moving that's fast. a pretentious name for video games right there what i don't know it's whatever a... you just said <laughs> intellectually uh, passive blowing stuff ups Something oh no like i was that. just talking about movies <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah go on movies Sorry. is <laughs> movies is basically you know can... that'll be our next contest mm-hmm. movie, movie games or movie names <laughs> I mean, at the moment, you know, the stuff that's really selling, the really number one movies are, like, stuff blowing up, cars moving fast, or girls getting naked. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you take the law of averages, then yeah, yeah, that's the case. But then if you take the law of averages, games are just Gears of War, people blowing up worms and no emotionality whatsoever, no no uh, social commentary whatsoever. Hey, I, hey, hey, hey! There's GTA Maria. Four. Yeah, Maria. If GTA Four. I didn't. I didn't get up to the Maria part. I didn't even play Maria. Gears Two. <laughs> Well, that's the entire game. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you prefer, recharging health or medical packs? I prefer charging health. Okay. Because I, I, um, sometimes medical packs are too few and far in between. Right. And in some games, you wind up getting stuck at a save point where you have three health, and if you die, yeah. you go all the way back to the beginning, or if you die, you go back to your save point. I usually pin that on poor design. Yeah, that but is like, poor design. You know, there are some games that I haven't finished because of that, like <laughs> Return to Castle Wolfenstein. The Wolfenstein, oh god. Yeah. Alright then, well, that, very, very, very bully. Bully that you could answer these questions with us. Let's move on to the winner. Look around, tell me what do you see? I'm on a tip now, get like me. There's a rap on the count of three, and it's all being filmed on Shock TV. Yes, me, I'm gonna do my best to rip the chest, make your flesh, bend your neck. We're on to some news. Uh, let's see. The first one, Al Mind from 1UP. Uh, this is the rumor about the PSP. Um, they, they, it's a, a purportedly dubbed the PSP Go, um, and they have a mock-up of it that makes it look kind of like a T-Mobile sidekick. But that's just a mock-up. I think the important news for this is 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 that it's getting rid of the UMD slot, um, and it's going to go completely iPhone-esque, where you download all the games. And I'm sure the first reaction is, so what do I do with all my UMDs? <laughs> what, what UMDs? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I got like well, <laughs> I got let's see, fifteen, the twelve to fifteen discs, disc game, UMD games up sitting right there. You know, like do I? Yeah. Buy- do I have to re-download them? Can I... <clears throat> they, excuse me, can I, I redeem gonna, them? I was going like, to say, they might come out with <clears throat> uh, something to uh, copy your <clears throat> UMD games from a PSP that has a UMD drive to the Piracy. new PSP. That would probably be, be smart. This would be great if it had some kind of compatibility with online. Like it was you. Oh. That'd be true. Yes. That would be pretty yes. cool. Yes. But I doubt it. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying about the whole, like, imagine playing uh, something on your iPhone-like device, which could be this. But, like, yeah, I mean, c- can I at least send in a UPC code from the box and get, like, a download code for the same game? Like, that would be Sorry, cool. Sorry, used game purchasers, game without the box. Right. <laughs> yeah, if but, you well, get I mean, the box, yeah. maybe I can just walk into the store. But, yeah, go on. That's a good point. We, they, 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 they probably don't want to do it because of that. But it's like, yeah, it, same thing that happens all the time. It's like, okay, well, um, my, you know, my, my DSi doesn't take, uh, you know, Game Boy Advance games anymore. Uh, so what do I do with all my old cartridges? Do I now have to keep, you know, my GBA? What if it breaks? What, where does it go? You know, which is really funny because I've been toting around my Game Boy Advance SP and playing uh, a Game Boy game on it so <laughs> i'm like i cannot lose this i cannot break this because this is the only thing i have time <clears throat> this is the only thing i have tying me back to game boy games <clears throat> and yeah, i dropped and like, I, you shouldn't be playing game boy games anyway what no, are you it's, doing huh you got yeah. nostalgia no but i dropped it and i was just like i was like uh-oh did i break it and i, I turned oh, it on I real know. quick i was like did i break this why'd i drop it oh no but it's it's working fine so good i was um, just playing you know that 
what? some reason when you did that owl, I, I pictured a little kid with a giant owl head on the little kid. Like, you got <laughs> nostalgia! <laughs> like the dreads were down to the ground. <laughs> you got nostalgia! Nostalgia, And then you break it into a song when you do it. Nostalgia! <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, let's see. As a, as a bit of okay, David Ellis is completely speculating here. He says, as a bit of actual speculation, we wouldn't be surprised to see Tony, bo- Tony. Tony, Sony borrow many design <laughs> features. Fuck Tony. We borrow many design features Tony, actually from their Milo Two handheld internet device, which is seemingly dead in the water. <laughs> this could provide an 800 by 480 pixel touch screen for the system, as well as a camera on the system's backside. So I mean I don't know I, what what I guess for me the main thing here is no UMD and I'm curious to what to as to what your thoughts are before uh um before we move on to the next one which is actually a good segue. Mm, well, I clicked on the uh, dead in the water link and I see what the Milo Two looks like. Which oh look at that it looks like they just took the Milo Two and put a little PSP thing on nope. it in the yeah. artist rendition. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I didn't think about that whole, what are we going to do with our UMD thing until you said it, and I don't think anybody, meaning Sony, thinks about that, they're like, oh, well, um, they just got to buy the shit again for six bucks a piece or something like that, like all the old school games, you know, the stuff that came out in 05, they're like, ah, I bet you they'll buy it for five bucks, we'll just throw it on there, because they haven't really come up with a way to... To digital, to digitize. I was gonna say digitalize. Um, to digitize games from your and allow it to work on a future console of the same kind of brand, like a DSi. Right. Technically, a DSi should be able to play Game Boy Advance games because the DS played Game Boy Advance games. But so they... why not come up with a way to digitize your Game Boy Advance games, like say maybe putting it into your DS and possibly Wi-Fi transmitting it and having both DSs plugged into power sources just to make sure that the power stays on or something right. like that. But yeah. then, of course, piracy. But why are you concerned about piracy when you're not selling the games anymore? <laughs> yep. You know, yeah. it's like ROMs. Come on, guys. If you don't want us to play it, you shouldn't have made it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want us to play it, don't make it. You know, I mean, come on. If you make the game and you stop selling the game and people still want to play your game, how the hell are they supposed to play it? Maybe you Other shouldn't than, have stopped. Uh, maybe you shouldn't have, maybe stopped, you stopped selling it. Yeah. Or maybe you should put it up on Virtual Console or PlayStation Store exactly. or Xbox Live. But no, they don't like, want to do that because they don't think it'll make enough money because there's such a small number of people who play games. Wait, could that be a segue? Probably not in this time. Sure, why not? This is so really upsetting to me. Like, I think this is Sony further digging themselves into the hole that they're already in. I don't know. I really don't see this thing selling uh, as much as it's going to need to uh, versus, like, development costs. Uh, it's alienating a bunch of users, uh, assumably, you know. Um, and I don't know. I just don't think it's going to work out too well. Man. I mean, the original PSP didn't work out too well, to be honest. True. Ah! I-, I think that... The original PSP just didn't work out well because the games weren't really that good. Right. And nobody wanted to make really good games because people weren't buying the games because the games weren't that good. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Well, right. I got to look this up if, uh, as you guys speak about this. Like, keep mm-hmm. on talking, but I got to look up the PSP okay. sales. Sure. 
Um, you know, all the news is, well, of course, this is all news from the source, which could be trying to soften the shit up, but, you know, Sony's always saying, you know, these PSP sales aren't really doing too well, and we say it's related to piracy. But then the developers are like, there's piracy because nobody's making good games, and no one wants to make good <laughs> games because peop- yeah, they're all scared of piracy. I think so, it's just a train full of people of just doing each other in blood. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and a big giant circle. There yeah, you go. that's so it's pretty much that's what it <laughs> yeah. is. It's it's okay. a, a train of people doing other people in the butt while getting done in the butt themselves, <laughs> which is a very nasty thought. <laughs> you guys want to have but, butt sex? Cowboy butt sex. Um, PSP sold 50 million worldwide, which is pretty good. I'm gonna look up the tie ratio because that's that's what's important here. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be like one to one. I remember how excited I was to get a PSP when it was Christmas, and I did. And six and months after down that, line, I was like, "What? Oh boy, Siphon Filters, the only good game on the system." And even looking now, like, all right, so you got about a handful of good games, but still nothing too comparable to like the DS library. And right. the DS's library is 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 uh, it's more expansive, and the DS itself is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to come off as like a Nintendo fanboy or anything, because I'm obviously not, and so I don't really own anything Nintendo besides a DS. Um, I don't know. It's it's just like <clears throat> so they're in this they're in this big hole that they have been. Uh, the PSP to PS3 stuff kind of doesn't really work too well, except for the PS1 um, the PS1 emulation uh, that you can. Buy. Right, but the problem is that the PS1 emulation is not completely supported to the point that it would be usable. Exactly, and then Who a game like Final Fantasy VII comes out, and they only release it, you know, in Japan. So we're hoping right. for it to come down in America sometime down the line. That'd be nice because I mean, Final Fantasy VII could do a lot for the PSP, and I think a little bit mm. more than. Hey, I honestly I, think. Hmm. Oh, what's up? I was gonna say I've got I've gotten tie ratios as of November twenty sixth, two thousand eight. Um. It's a, and and if you guys want to see the link, it's here. This is from Gama Sutra. Um, <clears throat> it says the tie ratio for the Nintendo DS appears to be around 4.8, which means 4.8 titles per unit. Okay, while the ratio for PSP is around 4.2. So you're talking about a difference of maybe half a game. Right. So it's so you can either look at it you can look at it one way in that well there are less units out there, but the PSP is still successful in selling hardware because it is. DS is just like blowing everything out of the water, that doesn't make the PSP sales anything to sneeze at. Like, it's doing right. well, hardware-wise. It's doing it's well. It's not like it's selling 60,000 units. Right, right. <laughs> but, um... Oh, that was a mad one. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. But, um... <laughs> but it's, like, the tie ratio... So you could look... Uh, I'm sorry, I cycled around. Uh, let me start again. You can look at it two ways. One, because the PSP is still doing reasonably well hardware-wise, uh, compared to the DS, four titles per... PSP isn't so bad when you when you consider that it's only about half half a title more for the DS. You can look at the other way to say both PSP and DS are really getting hit hard by piracy, and it is because of all the stupid people with our force. Mm-hmm. And so... I, think I, I want to go back and say I think I think what I'm trying to get at is not more of a sales unit kind of thing because to be honest, I never really pay attention to that stuff. I actually kind of hate looking at it sometimes. Haha. <laughs> But look at these sales numbers. Look, sales, no. sales, uh, sales, sales, uh, sales. City hears that. Uh. <laughs> City of heroes. Um, but I think I'm getting at like a quality insurance kind of thing. I don't know. I think there are pl- there there are some really good games on the PSP. Like, yeah, there I are just... there are now, and I think yeah, right now if you bought a PSP, you'd probably go home happy. But 
it has such a rocky start to the point where it kind of reminds me of the DS launch, which itself had a really it, rocky start. I was trying to think of. I think, I think this is the, maybe the example how the 360 kind of had the year leg up on the PS3. And sure. Then sure. Gears of War hit, and it was like, holy shit! Everybody get 360 right now. Forget about the PS3. And then looking at the sales right after that, it was like 360 was crushing the PS3. And oh my god, you looked at sales. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't like. It wasn't only that, but it was like also you had a bunch of games on the 360 that were really worth playing that just weren't going to be on the PS3, and that was probably Gears of War's fault. Um, but then, <clears throat> looking at the PS3, it had like a couple of titles, so I think it was it's kind of like the PSP and DS all over again. Or I should say it's the other way around. I, I, guess, I, 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 have a, I still have a, a contention with that only because, and I think we're going to skip the next news story because it's... It's pretty much the same story. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but, like, I was really close to the whole DS launch P versus PSP launch because of all the people on the forums on GameSpot, and they were, like, saying this and that, and there'd be fanboys and not yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the DS, like, I had games that I enjoyed, but when you came down to it objectively, they weren't the type of games that were needed from a launch of a new system like this to get the mind share into it. Of course people were going to buy the DS, but that doesn't mean that the games in it were good. Like, the best games that I owned were Asphalt Urban GT, and uh, I can't even remember what. Zookeeper. Right, up until... Medi I think Me <laughs> Medios was out back then. I'm not sure. Medios was not out yeah. until... No, no, it came yeah. out a while later. Yeah, okay. so for I the first... I DS until yeah. Medios came out. So for the first half year of the DS's life, there was actually nothing truly unique and worth playing that really showed how the system was going to, you know, change things and how you're going to get quality gaming out of the system. And by the time the PSP rolled around, it still had nothing. It had WarioWare Touch, which a lot of people didn't like, which I disagree with, but that was, you know, that was good for me. But then the PSP comes out, and it has Burnout Legends, okay? It has, like, a Diablo clone that, you know, maybe that's not that great, but, like, people weren't, people weren't <laughs> yeah, used to seeing that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not used to seeing that type of stuff. They had Luminous. Especially the graphics. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Luminous was, was probably the first exclusive uh, that Luminous was... Ex yeah, 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 yeah. It was exclusive, uh, yeah. Exclusive for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was probably the first big hit for the PSP, in my mind, like, that I can remember that was like, oh, man, you see this game... And, you know, if, if you think this is really cool, you'll probably go out and buy a PSP. And then, yeah, I played, hmm. I had Burnout, uh, I thought it was Revenge, not Legends. Maybe it was Legends. No, it's Burnout Legends, Legends on PSP. Revenge yeah. is the 360. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the, no. then you had, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then I was just going to say, like, and then, yeah, I mean, to be, Dark to Stalkers. be fair, at the time, both libraries just weren't that good. I'm right, but I'm, I'm saying time, that that the DS has evolved more. Yeah, it has, but what I'm saying is that it, it, the, the, the PSP had a, a stronger start, and it actually had a strong start throughout the first year, and then hmm. and then somehow Nintendo Nintendo came out with Nintendogs and Advance Wars, and they kind of, you know... But I don't know, like, I look at this, and every time I, 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 I think DS library, I can't help but think about Imagine Babies or Imagine Ballet. And yeah, it's like, exactly. really? And I think, is that stuff selling? Like... I don't you know. know. Could, it's, I, it's, I don't uh, know about that. And imagine if it is, and that could be like that <laughs> hidden. You know, you, you know how everybody's buying DSs and whatnot. A lot of times, people are buying DSs for brain age, even though we technically are like, why the fuck are they buying DSs for brain age and brain age too? And then, you know, the PSP doesn't really have that type of casual killer app to, especially to warrant spending what used to be two fifty. 
and now it's just 200 on a, a PSP when you can buy a DS for one four, uh, 130 or mm-hmm. now 170 for DSi and get something that you can pick up every day theoretically and play. And then you can put the DS away and not even think about, oh my God, I'm not u- really using the DS, but you are using it every day. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I- I don't have those, I like, think I think my apps. problem yeah I think my problem actually when I was bringing up the 360 the PS3 comparison is that I don't think I don't think I have a clear visual of like the DS launch to me it was like when big games started breaking out I didn't, right. I didn't really pay attention to the initial DS launch and I think that's my problem because if you look at the 360 you know 6 to 12 months in uh, it was you know uh, picking up off the ground really bad. You know what's funny? I'm looking through the the library of PSP games that have been reviewed on GameSpot since its launch, and like I go through the list, and like every every few games, I'm like, oh, I would probably buy that. Oh, I'd probably play that. Oh, this doesn't seem so bad. Oh, I'd probably. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why is there this? I mean, I, and I think I know the answer. Uh, why is there? But why is there this 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 stigma that the PSP has shitty software? Like I had it too, but I'm looking through the list, and it's like I would buy these games. There are a lot of good games on the PSP, and I think it's because, look, you want to play them on a console, not a portable. You want a second analog stick and whatever. But still, like, they look like good titles that I would be interested in. And mm. it's like, it just makes me wonder, how far have we been mired in this whole, oh, well, it's you know just a console port. Does it make that a bad game? It doesn't. That's what I was going to mention. It doesn't really make that a bad game. It's just that we've been, I, like, everybody who's talking about it seems to, to, to go in this one direction. So I don't know. But last thoughts from you guys before we go on to this other one? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's because it's like games like uh, something that's really selling or that would really sell <coughs> well on a PSP, like games like Madden, but they have really, really long loading times and uh, are pretty. I think Madden is a graphic heavy kind of audience and, you know, that doesn't play too well. Um, but then, like, yeah, I just wanted to go back and say, like, do you think that the new PSP will. Help or like hurt Sony? I don't. I honestly don't know. That's a good question. I think that, um, I mean, it, it, people will kind of like put the whole app, uh, iPhone wannabe tag to it if it really does come out with that touchscreen stuff, which again is a rumor right. and it's just right. speculation. I don't think which, it will. Yeah, but, it does support <clears> so. But I think the, I mean, if people can get on board with downloading games, then it'll be fine. I just don't know that they're ready to download full UMD size games yet. Uh, even though you're talking about Patapon going digital, uh, Patapon 2, and then, like, uh, they were just saying that the news article that we were going on to next, which is the same topic, they were saying that Gran Turismo would come out as a digital classic, you know? So it's like, if people can get a bar with that, but those are big files, and I don't know if we're there yet, is what right. I'm saying. And that's exactly why I think, yeah. I think it'll do well, going back to what I initially said, I think it'll do well if they really sit along with online. Right. So, it'd be, it'd be <clears> the <throat> first portable console to really feature, you know, a service that's probably going to be pretty interesting. I mean, if right on live, it's, yeah, if on live itself is actually for real and, like, works. Yeah, so. yeah. And, yeah. What are you saying? And actually yeah. ready. But I have one, one final word to say about this. Yeah. <coughs> Whoa. Um, you had mentioned the thing <laughs> about that a the... word? Oof. Oh, I'm sorry. The okay. word is in a general set of phrases. <laughs> Slunks. Okay. <laughs> uh... The whole PS2 thing, uh, that, that was also one of the reasons why people were saying that the PSP wasn't selling because a lot of the games were just PS2 ports. Right. And um, I don't really see that, but then again, I see that a lot of the PSP games that were out that I was interested in were 
not ports, but renditions of famous PS2 games, you know, like right. Ape Escape, and, God of War, uh, God of War, <clears throat> Grand Theft Auto, and Siphon Filter, and you know, which to me, even Siphon yeah. Filter was a PS, PS1 game. Yeah, which to me are still kind of, not ports per se, but they're still like. I could get this on the console. Why bother? Right, exactly. <clears throat> it's like a, a small version with similar graphics of a game that I can play at home, probably for cheaper. You know, yeah. That was the other. That's leads to the other thing. Right. PSP games were forty dollars, and they pretty much provided the same amount of quality in gameplay, and not in terms of graphics, but in terms of gameplay and value. Uh, play value or replay value yeah. as DS games, which were 20 and $30. And that could also be a factor in why PSP games weren't really selling theoretically, because it seems like they were selling just about as well. But <clears throat> the stigma is that they're not selling that well, probably because they were expensive and they weren't completely original. <clears throat> right. Moving on to... Red Steel 2 with Wii Motion Plus support. This was announced on the cover of Nintendo Power. I wanted to... I mean, <clears throat> I'm not the one who found the story, but I wanted to talk about it briefly because I hated the first game so much. Uh, <laughs> oh, you loved it. God, a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> my, the, the problem with the first game was the way they handled the aiming and the sword fighting was complete crap. Yep. So with Wii Motion Plus, I am hopeful that they will have a better sword fighting mechanic. However, they have to fix... The whole aiming situation—if it's not—if it's the way it was in the first game, I'm not—I'm not touching it with a 20-foot Wii remote. Okay. The other thing is that it looks to be set in the Wild West or whatever. I mean, another problem with the with the presentation of the original Red Steel was it was so hammy with really terrible. Yo, Japanese. man, I'm gangster. <clears throat> yeah, and it, and then it yo, was, man, I am gangster. What the hell are you doing around I here? I will teach you something about trespassing private property. Oh um, yeah, yeah man. And like, Get up on Ubisoft that, baby. It's by Ubisoft, yeah. Um, and I trust that they can make a good game. It's just that I feel like they rushed it for launch, and it really showed. It mm-hmm. really, really showed. And they can't have... I don't know. There's there, there's just something that... that I, I When I played Red Steel, I'm like, this could be a great game. And if they do a sequel, they could do it right. But this one right now is complete shit. And so I'm really hoping that they prove me right on this one. And they, they say, all right, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Um, you know, Wii Motion Plus will help us out. And, you know... I, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks certainly the art looks good, but I was I never had a problem with the Red Steel art. The original Red Steel's art was great. Like I I didn't mind the environments. They had some pretty good graphics in some places. Some places. Yeah, I, I think the initial <clears throat> release got kind of set up a little too high because I remember that it was going to be the first game that had you know it has blood. What? On the, on the <laughs> but it did. You know, that was back when we called the, the Wii the Revolution. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it didn't have any blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it didn't? Nope. That was the other big thing. Oh, yeah, that... that was a thing. Yeah, 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 that's right. It was... Uh-huh. Red steel, yeah. but, you know, no clear blood. steel. Right. Aha. But, yeah, still, like, the the content of the game kind right. of slightly violent. And, uh, so. Right. But then we then we move on to Resident Evil The Dark Side Chronicles, which is promising, like, next-gen... Gra- this is actually the headline that Crescente put on Kotaku. Dark Side Chronicles promises next-gen graphics for Wii. Um... And I, I guess this kind of goes along with, like, the whole promises and whatnot that we were given for Red Steel being, like, this revolutionary game, and that slipped up. And then, will this actually provide it? And I was looking at the video, and it's really framey. Really? Really framey. And it's like, all right, you know, maybe this is a beta, and maybe it's because it's still in development, and because, like, yes, um, there's a lot of things going on here, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like... 
when they when they try to promise next gen graphics on Wii and then like you, you you're like oh well it's going to be a rail shooter like they did with um Umbrella Dead Kingdom. Space no oh, Dead okay. Space I, I'm talking about oh, like yeah. you see the video and it's like wow it looks kind of good but then it's like an on rails thing it it kind of takes the magic out of it a little bit if you know enough about games because like for me like and, and that may, that's our maybe that's my own fault but I hear yeah, rail shooter and it's like technically it's not as hard to do all these sparkly graphics when you're on a set camera path. When you don't yep, have to cause... think about all the other things that have to be calculated in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, he, okay, so this guy goes, one of the things we thought we needed to achieve was a near 360 level of graphics. By adding in technology like HDR, global illumination, shadow lighting, and some filters, we feel that we were able to achieve some graphics that are the best you will see on Wii, which sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't want it to be framey as a result. And I'm really wondering what they'll do with this. Um, I don't know if any of you were reading Planet GameCube back when it was still called Planet GameCube, um, which is now Nintendo World Report, and they were they were talking about how it's possible that because we only output in 640 by 480, they could use that extra processing power because it's outputting at a low resolution, but at the same time it was still more powerful than the GameCube to put in these extra effects. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Why couldn't they do that? Like, I technically savvy, I am not. So I, you know, I didn't know why. Like to this day, they they kept on putting Dreamcast level graphics on the thing, like, uh, you know, the Carnival games, things, and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Flat shaded stuff. And it's like, finally, now they're like, alright, it's like, look, did you see what they did with Super Mario Galaxy? Come on, do more of this. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's nice that they're promising this. Um, I just hope it doesn't fall flat on its face because of it. And like, like everybody talking about like what the conduit does, like I see some really cool things here, and then I see some really sloppy things there, so I'm like, uh, is it going to be consistent? Um, one thing I want to ask you guys, a lot of people on the podcast are like, oh, like, why are they worried about graphics on Wii? Who cares? Like, nobody cares. If they cared, they would rather just go for a 360. And I just want to know what your take on that is, because I, I kind of have a bone to pick with that. Are we still calling it next gen? <laughs> yeah, we are still calling it next gen, because apparently Wii is not next gen yet, yeah. because we're trying to put a next-gen level of graphics on the Wii with Darkside Chronicles. Yeah. Um, I think that mm, in regards to graphics, um, the general populace probably doesn't care, and that would segue into our next story. Yeah, that that's a good... Because s- those that do care are probably such a small, insignificant amount, but... I think that better graphics can still take a game a long way with a casual audience, especially an audience that's interested in Resident Evil. Like, those people who are interested in Resident Evil movies like, they'd probably be the ones who may purchase or may have purchased the Umbrella Chronicles <laughs> to kind of get, like, the real version of what happened. They're like, oh, yeah, I like that movie. Let me go and get this game. And they may not be the ones to play Resident Evil 4 because... They're not really, you know, like, oh, I don't want to go all these buttons. I just want to shoot shit. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and they're like, Darkside Chronicles. Oh, look, it looks so much better than Umbrella. And we we beat the hell out of Umbrella. That was great. So maybe it'll help. I, I think my stance is like, it's not about who cares and who doesn't care. But like there there are like like me. OK, I am not a graphics whore, but I like to know that people are giving this, the system the treatment that it kind of deserves because it can do certain things that 
that are better than last gen graphics. It can. I mean, it's not. It's nothing spectacular like you get with 1080p graphics, but they can still do some things. And the fact that, first of all, it speaks to laziness on the developer's part, and second of all, it's like, uh, like when I, you know, sit down to play a Wii game. I, you know, I don't just think to myself, well, this would look better on 360, so I'd rather play it there. No, when I sit down and play a Wii game like Call of Duty 3 that uses a Wii remote to shoot, I enjoy that. <clears throat> That's the purpose that I got the game for the Wii instead of the 360, because I like using the Wii remote. All right, so there are certain things that I want to play on a Wii, and, that, and, and there are hardcore games on the Wii that kind of feel cool with the Wii remote, like Mad World. Or like the upcoming shooters that are coming for it, like the Conduit or whatever. Uh, you know, they, they, they're games that like they kind of feel cool. And so it's like when people say, "I'd rather just play this on 360 because it'll look better and play better." It's like that's fine, but there are people out there who still care. And when when these games come out and they look sloppy, and like the mentality is that oh, the casual market would eat it up, and like it doesn't really matter because the people, the hardcore people, would should have a 360 anyway. It's like no, there there's a differentiator there that I still go to the Wii for, and I haven't mm-hmm. for a while. But you know, it's like. There's a reason why I got it for this system, and I'd like for it to be up to snuff. That's true. I, that it would, it would definitely not hurt to put all your effort into making something as best as you can for the platform and don't cop out talking mm-hmm. about that. Well, we don't really have to work so hard because it's on the Wii <clears throat> Carnival Games. <laughs> so, Slunk, anything, anything on this topic before we uh, segue ver- so giftedly, which is yeah. not a word? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I, think, I mean... I think the large core of the Wii audience uh, doesn't really notice uh, graphics in particular, but I think graphic design can probably uh, get noticed every now and then, but it's still not like a big solid point or anything. I think like uh, the knees and everything, uh, that kind of graphic design really clips on to, uh, like I said, the core of Nintendo's audience, or at least the Wii's audience. Mm-hmm. Um, something like but it, it, it's 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 hard to say that because of the next uh, news news post uh, about Bad World, um, something that had great graphic design, uh, but really uh, didn't have the sales. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll let you just segue into that, and I'll just go off with that. Yeah, it sold sixty six thousand copies in March, which is you know not it, not really hitting that one hundred k mark. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a late? I forget. Was it a late March release or? That came out mid March. Oh, it's three ten. No, March tenth or tenth. Tenth. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was that was kind of you know maybe this is a long tail type of thing, but that doesn't really speak too well about it. And mm-hmm. it, it says that there's this chart here that gives you an awareness percentage and a, a purchase intent percentage as well as a pre-order intent. Uh, pre-order intent for Mad World was twelve point twelve percent, which I'm trying to see what that means here for us. Like, um, I guess I guess the type of gamers who would get this game. The hardcore gamers are more likely to pre-order games in general, um, mm-hmm. but then like the awareness of it in the general audience versus like Guitar Hero World Tour seventy percent, Trivial Pursuit twenty six percent, Dance Dance Revolution Disney Grooves twenty eight percent versus Mad World, which is a hair under eight. Now all these numbers are flying at you, and I know they probably mean nothing, but the whole point is that when you you just compare relatively, not too many people knew or cared about Mad World. And not too many people knew or cared enough to want to buy it. Three percent purchase intent. That, that like, and that's just so disappointing. I think it's great, great to bring in uh, GTA China, Chinatown Wars. <sighs> um, ah, yes, that sold not too well either. I don't yeah, know what the numbers right. were. I think, 90, 000, I think, I think. It's, it's a mix of it's a different audience, and to be honest, the 
that audience that they're searching for isn't really, uh, how do I put it? They're not fully there as they should be. Um, I mean, you got a lot of eight-year-old girls that would never play that world or Chinatown Wars or anything like that. So right there, there's your sales pilot cut in half. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you probably got a lot of 12 and 13-year-old boys who probably would play both, but their parents wouldn't buy it for them. Right. <laughs> right. And then a, and a game like Mad World, which is a new IP, uh, it's kind of, I don't think it, I mean, there was a lot of publicity out there, but it just didn't get the attention. Like, nobody's going to look at, I mean, go back on to contradict myself, uh, I don't think many people looked at graphical design and went, oh, this is really cool. I think, I think a lot of people just went, oh, it doesn't have color. So Yeah. Oh, maybe. my God. It's, there's no textures. Well, here's what I'm wondering is you've got – these are percentages. So that's to say that the bigger the pool of the audience, the bigger the pool of the audience, the lower the percentage of an absolute number there will be. Ten people are interested in something. Ten out of ten people are interested in something. That's 100% awareness. 10 mm-hmm. out of 1,000 people is obviously much, much less. But there, mm-hmm. are, there are still those 10 people there who are interested in it and who, the, who said game is for. Therefore, when I look at the hard sales, that being the 66,000 number, that's what really gets my goat. Because it's like, well, there, through the millions of Wii owners, there are plenty of people like you and me, and like you guys and myself, or I don't know if you, it was your mom's Wii, right, Slunks? So okay, so like no, I'm asking because I, I I thought you didn't have a no, I'm, I'm laughing because he said sure and not yes. Oh okay, yes. But like you know, people like you and me, Al, who actually do play games that are considered core on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there are many more people out there. Maybe not a huge amount, but certainly enough that you'd think that Mad World would sell at least a hundred thousand right, copies. Warrant, warrant good sales. Yeah, and so it's like it to me. It kind of felt like the GameCube all over again, where people were saying. We don't have enough third-party support. Give us third-party games. And then when the numbers came out, nobody bought the third-party games. Even the people in the game... So, so like, you, it's not a percentage thing. It's just like, look, this is how many copies it sold. And you're complaining that they don't give enough? You know why? Because you didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's that whole thing over again. And I don't, like, I, I fear for the conduit. And it's it's kind of weird because... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, I think it's, it's really weird because, like, Al, you own it. And Austin, I think you own it. A Wii? Yeah, we both. Uh, no, Mad, no, World. Mad, Mad World. World. Yes, I own it, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I have uh, Tyler, Amiru uh, Hazuki, Kenshin guy of Giant Bomb. He owns it as well, and uh, I think James owns it as well, and like all these people own it. I don't own it because I, don't, I haven't played the Wii. And, right. I mean, I don't consider, I don't even really play the, the, the Wii in particular just because uh, lack of time and, and things like that. When I do have time to play games, I'd rather be playing something else. Uh, but some mm-hmm. Mad World, something I, I know I would sit back and enjoy and you know, laugh. I'm, I'm a big fan of. I'm a fan of a uh, uh, John DiMaggio. And, yeah, yeah. And I like Greg Proops. Bender. Well. Yeah, and, um, and it would probably also because it's a short game be conducive to the amount of time that you're not conducive, but it would work within the time that you have, and you can still finish it in a reasonable amount of time. Right. But now I'm looking at this and I'm wondering: is this number like really saying uh, how many? Uh, I don't want to say true gamers. That would be really bad. Uh, hardcore gamers. I hate saying that as well. But is this is the saying how many hardcore gamers actually have turned their Wii on in the last twelve months? Maybe because dun, 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 dun. could be that 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 does kind of point at well, what if this um, sixty six thousand actually just includes the people who were shouting about 
oh, we need this, you know, we, no one's making the support for us, blah, 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 blah. What if the 66,000 is actually the true number of hardcore gamers among the Wii install base? It's not. Uh, imagine right, if it it's was. Not, yeah, but enough to get a perception. So. Yeah, a perception of, uh, yeah, it's a, a very loud voice from a small group of people. Right. Why the fuck are we listening? <laughs> That's why we still don't have Mother 3. But, yes. um, <laughs> oh. you know what else is oh, the number three? PlayStation 3. No, that's a really bad segue. <laughs> oh, my God. I do have a good segue, though. I mean, like, with all the sales that the Wii is having, like, despite all the core gamers, like, it is fucking selling, like, hotcakes still. Um, here. Here, here, that's true. In Japan, not so much. But, uh, he, like, PSP is actually leading in Japan. That's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, Sony's coming back and saying, you know what? In three to five years, PS3 is going to dominate. And, and how many years has it been? Uh, came out so in two thousand six. It's been one and a half. Uh, so been almost. It'll be three years at the end of this year. Yeah. Okay. Sony will dominate another three years. I think I that's mean, what they're possible. saying. I think that's what they're saying. Well, try again. It, it, it's possible that we could have another Final Fantasy VII on our hands. I doubt it, but it's possible that we could have another Final Fantasy VII on our hands with thirteen. Yeah. Here's no, no, no. Here's what Ryan Ashcraft and Kotaku says, and. Usually I don't go for the snark, but he does raise a very good point. It says, here's a quote from David Reeves. I don't think it'll be next year, but in three to five years it will become dominant on the market, Reeves told site. Games Industry, that biz. The legacy, and they misspelled industry in the source. They, call it, they spelled it Games Industry. Pretty funny. Um, the legacy will yeah. be that, po- that people will see a tortoise and hare situation. Wow, okay, now you're bringing children's fables into it. Whatever. Well, let me mm-hmm. read that. Legacy will be that people will see a tortoise and hare situation. In a way, in the end, it will be a dead heat. People will say PS3 took a while to get going, but it really caught up very quickly and confounded many of the critics from the first year. So David Reeves thinks that the PS3 will be dominate. It's dominant, Brian. Dominant in 2012 or 2014. Meaning, meaning, by Reeves' most liberal estimate, it would take the PS3 almost eight years to become dominant. Not dominate. In the market. Leaving the console with a little over two years left in its proposed ten-year lifespan to ru- to rule the roost. So yeah, apparently yeah, apparently um, he's retiring tomorrow, so he could, he's probably saying whatever the fuck he wants. But well, that would be yesterday. Ah, that's true. Yes, this is from April thirtieth, so he's retiring. He retired yesterday. Goodbye, David Reeves. But that that I mean, okay. Well, first of all, I'm not bagging on Sony not being dominant because, like I said. They're good games for the console. It's doing all right, I guess. I mean, it's it's. I don't know that I would say I don't. I don't know if it's doing better than the GameCube was. It probably is, but like, it has good titles and it has some certain mind share. And the people who own one like it. I like mine. Okay, I'm not bashing the system, but it's like, how can you keep on just kind of saying this stuff and trying to rile up interest, and then you say, well, not for another three years. And are you basically admitting the mistakes that you made? Are you, it's just, it's just yes. funny because you guys remember what was it? John Tretton? was that his name? Jack Tretton. The... Jack, Jack Tretton, Yeah, isn't the same guy? Is it? <laughs> no, this is David. This is uh, no. I think David Reeves is uh from UK. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty much the Jack Tretton of UK. Let me stop. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's there's a great uh feature on One Up that puts together all the stupid stuff that execs have said over the past couple of years, kind of like what IGN did, like the top ten idiotic quotes. Um, and and you know. There's there there's a fair share of those quotes from Sony and Nintendo execs, but um, let me just say this once again. Um, where it says dominate, it should be dominant. 
uh, twice, and they misspelled games industry. So there you go. That yeah. Yeah, I mean, but he does that a lot. Yeah, so a lot. But it's funny because like, okay, so they, so they have the Awada quote that says customers do not want online games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, where's the where where are the 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 Sony ones? Um, let's see. Uh, is this Sony? Yeah. Okay, that's that's Trip Hawkins, not Sony. Um, there's one um, from Phil Harrison. No one will ever use 100% of the PS3's capability. Uh, <laughs> there's Ken Kutaragi saying, if processors of high performance and high bandwidth like the PS3 cell were linked together without sufficient security, a worldwide system crash could occur with one attack. What? <laughs> okay, and then you've got, then you've got like... Um, P- Kaase Rising, the PSP will elevate portable entertainment out of the handheld gaming ghetto. And Sony is the only that? company that can do it. What? Wow. Uh, he said ghetto. And <laughs> it's it's funny because he said this in 2005, which is when the PSP came out, and you could kind of argue that because of the competition the PSP represented, Nintendo stepped up their game and Apple decided to step up its game. So, yes, but no. I mean, right. that's... I mean, I could see but an the argument. The way he's saying it, it seems like the PSP is the one that people will be playing, and it will be in handheld gaming luxury. But technically, what it did was it boosted the competitors, so that technically the handheld gaming ghetto, yeah. ghetto is is non-existent because the <clears throat> the quality of the games for the DS and the iPhone kind of boosted. Right. And then here's Jack Tretton saying, developers are telling us that they are starting to create the games on PS3 first and take advantage of the hardware capabilities and then port down to other platforms. So we're seeing tremendous progress from the third-party community in terms of what they're able to do with our dev kits. Well, this was two years ago. This was in, nah, one and a half years ago. This is December of 2007. And then we get Kasurai this past January saying, we don't provide the easy-to-program-for console that developers want because it's easy-to-program for means that anybody will be able to take advantage of pretty much what the hardware can do. So then the question is, what do you do for the rest of the nine and a half years? Uh, make games. I mean that. Come on, really? Like, oh, and then and then the funny thing about what Jack Tretton said in December of '07, he said uh, John Riccatello says this in Dece- in January of one th- 2008. Games where we essentially led development on the PS3 platform, like Burnout Paradise, we had no issue at all. But in circumstances where we either led with the 360 or ran parallel production, for the most part, we're still experiencing some delay on the 360. And they right here apparently didn't get Jack Tretton's memo on this. <laughs> then we get Phil Harrison saying are there two versions of the 360 that people want to buy I don't know I look at these formats it just confuses the audience they don't know which one to buy developers don't know which one to create for and retailers don't know which one to stock so I think we wouldn't take that strategy we wouldn't want to create confusion with systems that have backwards compatibility and then don't have backwards compatibility and then you know do software backwards compatibility but then, then you have nothing at all but it can play PlayStation 1 games but then you know we have 40, 60, 80, 160 gigabyte versions wait did we just confuse everybody? I think we did <laughs> although his did we just to be fair uh, renege on what yeah, we said to be fair his point was every system has a hard drive and I can I can understand that so um, but not to just bash on Sony I just want to read this one from Hiroshi Yamauchi who used to be with Nintendo and thank god is no longer anymore with Nintendo he says People who play RPGs are depressed gamers who like to sit alone in their dark rooms and play slow games. Wow. <laughs> wow. Way to throw the fucking 2 by 4 at your audience. And he says about the Xbox, there are many people in the industry that know nothing about games. In particular, a large American company is trying to, to do 
engulf software houses with money, but I don't believe that will go well. It looks like they'll sell their game system next year, but we'll see the answer to that the following year. Well, the 360 came out, so I guess you were wrong on that one. Yeah, Sony needs yeah. to do two things, I think. And, like, looking at the PS1 and PS2, I think what made the consoles so freaking amazing were, like, just exclusives. Like, really, really, really good games that you can only find on those systems. Um, and now looking at the PS3, they really, really, really need to lock down some exclusives. But yeah. they can't do that because they don't have any money because they're not selling consoles. Uh, uh, but or at I least think... not enough consoles to... But I think it goes back further than that because, uh, d- like they they have to to provide a platform that can actually, you know, penetrate the market. That's right. the problem because think, like, if they I can't, think, go ahead, go ahead. I think that they need to start doing something more out of the box. Buying a PS3 right now, you can't do anything out of the box. Whereas if you buy the Wii, you know, you have Wii Sports. And if you buy 360, you have Lego Indiana Jones or Kung Fu Panda. Um, <clears throat> If you buy a PS3, well, you just spent 40 bucks, and you have no games to play, so buy games. Also, right. you know, a controller, which, you know, is, is kind of all part, but then again, it sells the most expensive controller out there at 60 fucking bucks Shit. for a DualShock 3. Mm-hmm. And, so, and this is what you get with the hardware race, and then going, oh, we're going to premium price it and do all this stuff, and it's just like, people really don't give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know. It's it, it the reason and the reason why I went into that whole little tirade about like the quotes is just because like actually this quote from David Reeves isn't the most outlandish thing that anyone has said. And it's not it's actually not that terrible. He's just saying that like in 3 to 5 years we believe that we will be dominate. I mean dominant. You know. <laughs> dominate. Right. And, and then you have like I but mean I w- the PS3 plays towards such a hardcore audience. I think they would promote games like Valkyria Chronicles that sells amazingly well when people grab attention to it. Like it's been selling so much since the PS3 <coughs> sale. It's ridiculous, and that the game was probably going to be on clearance and never being seen again, new. And now, since a lot of people have bought it, it's it's actually staying that way. But Sony didn't do any of that. GameStop did that, and and it went uh, viral. Ah, right. So like, they're gotcha. not pr- promoting their hardcore games, quote unquote. Well, quote, to quote hardcore games, because I hate saying that. But, right. Uh, <laughs> it's it's I don't know. It's like Sony. Uh, they need a. Pack something, pack, pack a game or something with your with your console. It'll Don't urge they people to buy it. Pack in like fucking motor storm, motor storm yeah, with some shit, some old school <coughs> ass games that was like fucking long time ago that everybody probably well not that everybody already has because it doesn't matter if you bought a PS3 and it, but you know it's not really? really something that people are like oh my god I want to get a PS3 because it packs in with that. Whereas right, well do they? Because well, like. I mean, I saw the things, and I didn't. I didn't know that. It's not like I don't, I've never seen it on the box or anything like that. They they have packets. They do have one. packets. But because GameStop apparently has uh, a deal where, well, they had a deal where if you trade in a PS2 and like three games, yeah, that's going you get up. a PS3 bundle. Yeah, it's uh, PS2 and three games. Yeah, and you can get a PSP or a PS3 bundle. 80 gig for 100 bucks. It's a custom bundle, isn't it? Wait, well, 100 dollars off new PS3. Yeah, that's all it is. It's um, not like build your own bundle or anything like that. Oh, awesome! So basically, you give them a PS2, two games, no, three games, a PS2, three games, and 300 dollars. Which I find funny and... because you're gonna trade in your PS2 shit. It's the only thing that can play your PS2 games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the only way that you could really benefit from this offer is if you had only three games for your PS2. Right. 
Or I, I mean, this no is, one has. This is really just. Oh, don't play your PS2 any games or games anymore. And just trading your entire collection. Right. Let me let me get my personal last word in on this, and then like you guys are free to 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 say. But like I just had go this for, one thought. Yeah, go for about it. Okay. Uh, like uh, my one thought on this, and, and what I was saying, what I was trying to say before with the whole like three to five years thing, it'll be dominant like near the end of its life cycle. It's like the 360 took a while to kind of get over the red ring hump. People are still getting red rings, and so yep. it's like that's something that they paid for by just by just making a poor decision at the outset. And I know they said they do it again because now they have a leg up, and they really are selling more. And mm-hmm. they, you have to say something good about that. You know, I agree. But it's like now they're finally getting over the hump, and now finally people are maybe trusting it again. So are you saying that with the PS3 in in a couple of years, then maybe it'll hit its stride, and then maybe the games will come? What if it's too late? Mm-hmm. What if it's you know it's it? I I just feel like. Like they can't keep on saying, "Oh well, yeah, we'll we'll get there, we'll get there." It's like it's to me, it's more of a sit down, get to work, make some fantastic games, and just kind of. And I guess you you have to talk sometimes. People ask you things, and but it's yeah. like uh, swallow your tongue for a little bit and just make games. And games so, like God of War three coming out sometime. Yeah, uh, next year. <laughs> Do um, more of that. Get tell people about what's coming from the Shadow of Colossus team. I know Shadow Colossus didn't necessarily sell incredibly well, mm-hmm. although like there's a there's a greatest hits version of it, so I can't imagine that it did, that it sold poorly. Um, but you know, and and Al says the Motorstorm pack is not available anymore. Right. Uh, they, they replaced it with the PS3 80 gig with nothing, and the <laughs> only pack-ins that <laughs> the only pack-ins that they have now are 160 gig PS3 with Uncharted, or well, they don't really have it, but the Metal Gear Solid 4 pack. Uh huh. But those are the only two games that are packed in with a PS3 at this point. Uh, funny thing here, right before we go, uh, this is from April 22nd, 2009. Uh, good news mm-hmm. for Sony, the PS3's tie ratio creeps above the Wii's tie ratio. Oh. Which kind of isn't that encouraging because the Wii's tie ratio is kind of lousy, I think. I think, or I could be wrong. I think according to your article that you sent before, it said that the tie ratio for the Wii was like 5.4 or 5.2. Right now, um, I'm sorry, uh, there, there's, this is updated. This is from April. Uh, this is from last oh, week. Okay. So this yeah, one, one was from fall. Right now, as of like a couple, uh, like a couple of days ago, the Wii's tie ratio is a shade above six, whereas the PS3's tie ratio is about six and a half. So okay, so that's not it's not so shitty. It's they're both decent tie ratios. Xbox 360 obviously is at the leader with seven and a half. So that's not, it's not doing so bad, I guess. So maybe I was painting a, a poor picture of it before, but yeah, like that's. I, I guess it's good news for Sony. I mean, I, I I hope that like it gets there and it gets its own like like games like Valkyria Chronicles. Like the fact that they're exclusive on PS3, like good job, you know, because mm-hmm. that game is pretty. It's really pretty. Just just push them more. It's a great yeah, game. They have to push, push them more. Um, I mean, that's but, a game that I really want to go out and buy a PS3 for, but. I... You know, yeah. But it's four hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know? So Wait, what game? Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah, but it's four hundred dollars. Or three hundred dollars and a PS two and three games. Or if you're <laughs> or, like or if you're like or, or go on eBay and find a twenty gig PS three with no wireless for two hundred and fifty dollars, which is what I did. And now I'm now I'm, now I'm kind of regretting not having the wireless, but I still am glad I didn't spend that much money on it. <laughs> but um uh, oh, Sounds like Sony or... is fishing for sales. 
Oh, no, we're not going to go on to there because time is running out. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and it's not really that interesting anyway. But yes, well, yeah, Warcraft, Warcraft fishing, fishing on the rise. On the rise uh, no mm-hmm. surprise there. And then there's some Wii video service or whatever, which, which is really funny because I thought we talked about that a couple of episodes ago about how would it be feasible. And apparently now they're yeah. doing it. So. But I don't... In Japan. In Japan, that's true. Um, and it's like family shit. Technology right. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I think we reached the end of the run. I have to run... Uh, any last words from you guys about anything and everything? I'll check the mailbag really quick while you have your last words. Uh, I have a question. And Slunks has to go study, so I've delayed him too. I'm sorry. I do, yeah. Uh-huh. I do have to go study final exams coming up soon. Ah, uh-huh. and then also I want to freak out your brain. Oh, what's the oh, for for a Supersonics contest? Yes, or something else. Okay, so Supersonic, you are responsible for handing out Slunks' free not handing out, but you're responsible for determining who gets Slunks' free copy of Braid by picking out. The uh, winning entry for a pretentious video game name. Uh, I'm going to call right now. We're going to do this for one more week, okay? If you do not have an answer in by Saturday, May 9th, um, because I'm actually going to be out of town, so these guys will take care of the podcast. If you don't have an answer in by then, you are out of the running. Oh, yeah. What? There's a technical error. I won't be here May 9th. Ah! Push it another week. It'll be a one-man Al show. Two-hour trilobite. Yeah, two-hour trilobite. Um, and so because of that, on May 16th, Supersonic, give us a winner. Right now your entries are Vacation Disc, um, Interactive Digital... I don't even know. Just go back and listen to the episodes. Something like <laughs> in- Interactive Electronic Art. or so- Yeah, something like that. But uh, anyway, uh, where can we find hair with guitars in them? Um, what? Well, we'll wait on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that till the 16th. XLM2K.blogspot.com um, yeah, haven't been any updates since March. That's okay. So because people aren't commenting, go and comment. That's very true. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so that'll be it for Slunk. Giantbomb.com/slash/profile/slash/slunks for Antipo. Bye, y'all. For no advertisements. For Pete. Oh wait, I'm working. <laughs> Two altitudes. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Tuxedo Land, and I'm your host, Austin slash Mr. Chipon, and we'll <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing the Robert Ashley or Sean Elliott. Which one of those two did that? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's disgusting. That's, I got a question. Donald Duck's a bit. What? Um, wait. Let's think out before. <laughs>